0: Welcome to Right On Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. everyone, welcome back to Right On Track. I am thrilled because joining me today is Jason Collier. Hey Jason.
1: Hey, uh, how's it doing? All right?
0: I'm doing great, how are you?
1: Yeah, great actually. Uh, a little bit wet here in the UK.
0: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it was raining here earlier. Um, I'm happy it's fall though. I've, I was kind of over oh the hot summer heat, so I'm excited it's fall.
1: Yeah, 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 that's true.
0: So, I'm so excited you're joining me today. We have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into specifics, can you share with the listeners a little about yourself and how you got started in music?
1: Sure. So, I started playing guitar in 1978 at the age of six, and um, it was really just by accident, really. Um, I just uh, got a guitar given to me, but I'd already sort of got interested in listening to a lot of music, a lot of different genres. Um, in country, Beatles, Stones, rock, blues, all sorts of stuff. And and so I really wanted to play something. But um, my obsession really has always been recording music. So for a long time, I've been really trying to perfect that and and really present the tunes. Um, I was in a lot of bands uh, throughout the sort of 80s, 90s. and, And then for the last sort of 10, 15 years, done a lot of solo recording. Um, So, releasing music, and and it's a kind of dream come true.
0: That's fabulous. I definitely want to talk a lot about your experiences with recording, because as technology has changed over the past many years, the way we record music has changed. So, what was recording like when you started?
1: I remember um, the first real recording studio I went into in the late 80s, which was the kind of old reel-to-reel tape, and you had to go in there very rehearsed very prepared it was expensive um but on the plus side a really nice environment to be in always sort of um you know lots of gadgets and things around to play with and you know it's a great sound uh, but you had to be well rehearsed you did your demo tape and then you went home um you know and Although it was great times, you got what you got. (laughs) If you needed to go back, you had to start all over again.
0: I think that's really interesting. And do you think that because how technology has made it so easy to do pitch correction and add all these instruments with MIDI and fix anything that goes wrong during recording, do you think with all of that, that it's made artists not as aware or, you know, eager to rehearse a lot before they go to record because they know their producer can take care of all that.
1: Yeah, I think there's some of that. Um, I also think that maybe the creativity side of things changes a little bit now with modern technology in that um, you can kind of just piece ideas together over time. So you maybe don't complete something in the first instance, but as time goes by, you're able to go back and, and piece these pieces of jigsaw together, almost like a collage. Uh, and that I think is really interesting because you never really know what you're going to end up with until you get to the end of the process. And you know, presentation-wise, I think like it's an even field now. So if you want to go ahead and and tune everything and polish everything, uh, then you know you probably will. Um, and it all depends, I think, what what sort of sound you want. I try and be as I try to be as honest as possible. Um, but of course, you know, you do a few takes. And you pick the best bits and, and you know, you want to present it in the best possible way. So the technology certainly uh, helps us to do that these days.
0: For sure. Yeah, I agree. I think my favorite part about the recording process is kind of what you were saying with the creativity side of things, where you start from something, you see what we can add here, And bringing in collaborators and working with producers and getting various opinions, and even taking a song that you fully produce and making it more stripped back for another version to release or whatever. And I think it allows for a lot more freedom. But on the other hand, when it comes to the vocals, especially, I try to rehearse as much as possible because even though my producer can fix my timing and Fix my pitch if I'm slightly off. I think it's really important to try to be as consistent and accurate on your own so you don't have to rely on the technology to make it sound better.
1: Yeah, I agree. And actually, I think usually speaking, uh, the energy and enthusiasm in the first performance is usually the best take in any case. So, um, you know, if you keep going over it and going over it, it usually starts to get tired. And uh, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: What do you think your favorite part about being an engineer is?
1: Being an engineer now, nowadays, I think it's getting more, more interesting, especially more computerized, more processing available to you, uh, more software available to you. And you know, in some cases, I suppose you have to be really sort of computer literate to even go into a studio these days.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I've actually considered learning, like, logic, and then I'm like... Okay, I don't have the time to like learn all the computer stuff. And my passion lies with the songwriting. And I think because recording has become so complex, you really need to know what you're doing. Like, I can do very strict demos here at my house myself to show my producer what I'm doing and send it to my musicians if I'm having guitar or drums or whatever, like recorded live. But I think in terms of doing something myself, I think it's important to be working with somebody who knows what they're doing. Because I think one of the other questions I want to ask you too is as recording has changed and the quality of commercial music is now, how have you found working to keep with the industry standard while also finding new ways of being creative and staying on top of the technological side?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, I certainly got the basics down. So I'm, I'm able to record things at home. I do some of it. Um, but, but, of course, you can now send those files off to professional studios and they'll br- bring them in. So the studio that I use, use, use Pro Tools. That's Inspire Music Studios. And um, they'll bring in every, the pieces of, of takes and whatnot that I've done and they'll they'll make them um, you know, it, up to the modern standards and up to scratch with the modern production techniques um, because there's, a, there's an awful lot of things going on in these uh recordings these days, bouncing things around and uh, sort of putting bass and drums together and double tracking and and all of these techniques that that is not just a raw recording. It's kind of knowing how to use the processing
0: for sure. So what do you think is one of the biggest lessons you've learned over the years with the recording process?
1: Probably not to be too clever. Um, you know I think, again, with the modern recording, Uh, And back to what I was saying earlier about going back and piecing things together, sometimes it's difficult to know when to stop. And, you you know, you have to draw a line at some point and and get it out there and let people listen to it. So it's, uh, you know, I I always kind of think, does it need a bit more? Does it need some more uh, strings? Does it need harps? Does it need piano? Uh, You know, and you can kind of, drive yourself insane if you're not careful so (laughs) I think less is more
0: sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's a really great point I um it's really funny because I'm like super hands-on with my recording even though I don't do the stuff on the computer or anything like I'm really hands-on in the studio adding instruments working with my producer and it's really funny because when we get to the mixing stage my ears are like super sensitive and they pick up on like everything in my music. And so he'll send me mixes and I'm like, hey Bob, like this one part here, like can you change that? Like maybe can you raise this instrument, lower that? And he'll send stuff back and forth a couple of times. And I guess at a point where I'm like, I'm I feel so bad to send you another message. <laughs> can you do this now? Um, so I agree, like you have to get it to a point of being okay with where it's at because I think too like it's art so it's never going to be flawless so you have to get to the point of okay this is polished enough to release because if it was up to me like none of my music would be out because I would keep changing stuff a million times
1: yeah that's that's really that's really key and I think you know I've I've taken so long over these things that they kind of drag on for years I've been there five years on each album so ten years just to do two albums and you think to yourself Was that really necessary? (laughs) I do some of the tracks myself. I do the drums. I do the guitars mainly. I do most of the bass guitars and a little bit of keyboards. But I do. I think what helps is when you when you get other people involved. um, You know, you'll get another piano player in. He'll have a different style, maybe that just works. And uh, I mean, you know, I may say to another guitarist, just take the lead break on this. See what comes up. And it's sort of, it's a refreshing change because if I do everything, then they'll always sound the same.
0: So yeah. uh,
1: I think collaboration is key as well. Yeah. For
0: sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I want to shift gears a little and talk about your experience working with other musicians and your journey with working with bands and bringing musicians together. So you can you talk a little about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose back in the 90s when I was doing a lot of work live. I was a drummer uh, for many years. Um, I started teaching some some young musicians in the area, individually to start with. And it kind of just grew into, why don't we just all jam together? So I was bringing these young guys, the, You know, they were between the ages of eight and 11 years old. Um, and I get them to jam together. And it was just simple stuff. But I think in the end, just the process of getting people together and saying, you know, You've got to feel how you interact with the other musicians in, in the room and start to listen to what's going on and, and get tight. That, that really worked. And, um, yeah, they went on to be professional musicians and they still play together and they, they, you know, they do their studio work and, and um, session and everything else. So in a lot of ways, that's, that's, that's really nice. And I'm really proud that those guys made a success of that. Um, really nice story.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I love how you saw something in them, put them together, and it worked out really well. That ties into sort of what we were talking about with the studio collaboration. Anytime you're collaborating with another musician, there's a lot of things that you need to keep in mind in order for collaborations to go well and for those relationships to grow and continue to evolve over time so overall what are some things that you think all musicians need to keep in mind in any kind of collaboration
1: yeah I think it's just um, a little bit of give and take really it's just to listen um, listen to what other people have to say and listen to what they're doing Um, you can you can always have a lot of great ideas and and sometimes it might be a little bit autocratic and you say you know I want this I want that and if someone might say, "Well, have you thought about uh, doing it this way? Changing that structure slightly, changing that timing slightly," and it's just just good to sit back and listen to what people are saying. It may be, you know, mm, yeah, that doesn't quite work. i oh, we'll stick to the original plan, but you never know. And it's happened a few times personally that yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. You know, so it's uh, yeah, just just listen to what people are saying and 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 enjoy it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think listening is really important. Respecting everybody's ideas. And I think just overall, like you said, enjoy it. Have fun. I think sometimes when we're creating music and we want to be successful, we can get caught up in, is this commercial enough? Or trying to do the best thing for the commercial market or whatever. And I think there have been times, especially when I was in some co-riots and right from the beginning, I felt like there was unnecessary pressure put on the song. And time that there's any kind of pressure, even if I'm writing by myself, like if I'm stressed out about something and I'm not in a creative headspace and I have all this other pressure put on me, then I find it really hard to write songs or deliver while in the studio when I'm recording because there's all these other things clouding your mind. So I think reminding yourself to just have fun with it, and not put all that pressure on is really important.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's the case with any kind of performance. Is that if you if you kind of under pressure or under the cosh, uh, as we call it, I mean it's uh, you know it just it just kills the energy, and also not to try and chase a particular genre or a particular style too much because. Usually speaking, by the time you're out, you've missed it. So (laughs) just do what you feel is best and what is right.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Literally, I... I mean, I just say, like, screw genres these days. Like, I don't even, like... Like, I definitely fall within, like, pop and country crossover stuff. But I think, like, when I started songwriting, it was like, oh, I have to do this, or this needs to be like this. And I got to the point where I felt like all my songs were starting to sound the same. And where it's important to have a sound... And there's different markets and different audiences for different songs. There's so many songs that I'm like a huge fan of that are like commercial hit songs that it's like, is this pop? Is this country? It's on pop radio, it's on country radio. And I think that some people get so tied up in how the song should be written for what genre or whatever. And I think like when you step away from that and truly write something that you want to write, record something you want to write or perform, and it comes from the heart, then. It's going to be authentically you, which is one of my biggest things, being authentic and not worry a whole lot about the genres.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, I've I've tormented myself for years with this kind of thing. I, I tend to write in a very retro style because all my influences are from 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s. And, um, you know, it just comes out in the songs. And there's nothing I can really do about it. Um, so I just have to, I, I use it as a strap line now, It's you know, as a this stuff is retro you know you might like it um but rather than rather than trying to be up to date because i you know it's there's plenty of people doing that and they're doing it really well um and for me i'd feel kind of phony just going and chasing those styles when you know you know i've got a particular style of writing and um well i'm happy with it and i'm hoping that there's maybe a a few people out there that might go well, you know this this sounds kind of retro but it's cool you know i'm kind yeah. of hoping that that's that's what people think
0: yeah for sure i think too it's like when you have certain influences especially like you were saying at the beginning that you grew up listening to various genres and so i think that if you have various influences then that's naturally going to make you write a certain way and want to craft your songs in a certain way and for me it's like i I know who my influences are, which is really important, but I'm not trying to be like any of them. I'm trying to be me. And with what you're saying too, like I, there's one of my songs that somebody was like, that sounds like 2000s pop. Well, I think 2000s had the best decade of like pop music. Like I love all the pop music from the early 2000s. And so I think like, the music that you like naturally influences your own writing. And so I think it's important to just do what's right for you instead of trying to match or mimic something that is going on in the commercial music world just to do it.
1: That's right. And, you know, I remember in the 90s, there was a kind of uh, a real trend for going unplugged. Everything was unplugged, Uh, acoustic versions of everything. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I write like that anyway, so everything's unplugged. <laughs> but, um, but it, but it, it, it literally sort of, you know, struck a chord. Not being, um, you know, cheesy about it, but it's such a great thing because you get, still get the dynamics, but you can actually hear what people are doing now. Yeah. Um, I was in a many, many a band where the electric guitars was, were very dominant, and um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. And if you put an electric guitar in there, it then makes a difference rather than just being there for the, for the kind of sake of it. Um, you know, you know, I I like I like quite a lot of the grunge bands back in the nineties, and but but mainly the ballads and the stripped back stuff because it's so great. The melodies were so great, and that's what it's about, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love stripped back music because it really lets the voice shine. And I have a couple fully acoustic songs. And I think those are the ones where you can really hear the lyrics and you can really feel the emotion. And I think going back to the recording a little bit, sometimes that's all a song needs, just like guitar and vocal or piano and vocal. I think sometimes when you add so much production, it can kind of bury the song. And so I think always remembering to do what's best for the song is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the single "Brother" that came out in in August um, just has a kick drum, a guitar, and a vocal, um, and that's it. You know, and it doesn't even have a chorus, <laughs> so it's as stripped back as you can get. Um, but um, you know, they're not all like that, so it's just <laughs> just that particular song that just worked out that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. So perfect transition. You mentioned "Brother" and. Can you share with the listeners what the inspiration behind this song was?
1: Yeah, you know, I was um I was messing around on a on a kind of steel guitar, a resonator guitar, um at a at a guitar show. And I just got this lick going, and I thought, yeah, you know, that sounds really kind of bluegrass and uh, and and retro. And it kind of just inspired to to talk about um in you know, a period in history, the American Civil War. There was a story about some guys that wound up on the opposite side of the fence to each other, but they were good friends. And in the end, you know, they put their arms around each other and saved them and get out of there. And, you know, humanity overcame all the terrible situation that they found themselves in. So it's a little bit of a, a snapshot of, of, the, of that kind of uh, scene that the has been faced in that that terrible conflict. And so the it's kind of crafted around that. and It's almost like a movie soundtrack. Um, so the music speaks for itself sort of thing you know
0: that's awesome love it love it so you have another single coming out on november 5th do you want to talk about that one
1: yeah so this one's called "Fortunate Sons," and it's a little bit more lively and bubbly and good good sort of time again it's very retro um but kind of eagles-ish i'd like to say probably um and it's about some guys that were playing in mu- play music together, and then you know, maybe had a bit too much wine. <laughs> uh, it all fell apart, and they went their separate ways. But then came back together one more time for a great show with a great audience, and you know, just a simple story of re- of reunion. That's 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 basically the the hook.
0: I love it. I think from both of the songs you talked about, there is definitely a focus on the storytelling. So from a writing standpoint are lyrics something that you love to focus on more than melody or the other way around
1: um, i think it's probably equal measure i always start off with just throwing a few chords around and then you you know the melody starts to to come to you and then depending on how that started to sound then i start to think about the theme so the theme comes around and then you start to sort of work on maybe a little bit of verse or a little bit of a chorus and I just write a story around that so it's, it's very rare that I, I sing about personal experience um, it's more sort of creating um, a scene or a story or um, something that people can relate to that's the most important thing.
0: That's so interesting that you tend to start with chords and kind of take the musical atmosphere to determine the theme of the song that's a complete opposite from what I do I always start with a concept or lyrics that are really personal for my life. And then I'll build up melody from that and then move on to the chord. So you're opposite from me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I guess, um, it's interesting. And it's great to share these kind of insights because, you know, you might assume everybody's doing the same thing until you start to talk about it. and, And I've sort of, you know, I've read stories about, um, Singers that will just put some words together, throw them on the floor, and then decide, and then they'll look at which order they land on the floor. <laughs> you know, it's all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff like that. <laughs> I think David Bowie was was kind of kind of very yeah, very obscure the way that he crafted his lyrics, and you sometimes think, what the hell is this about? And you know, I think sometimes a word sounds great, so I'll just use that word. <laughs> I want to put it in there somewhere because it just sounds sounds good.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think it's really interesting hearing about others' processes because we all get the same end product, right? We all end up with the song, but the way we get there is different. And it's really cool hearing the different processes because... Just from hearing some things, not only from doing the podcast, but co-writing with other songwriters, everybody has things that work for them and these different techniques and tools that maybe I haven't even heard of. And when you start to hear about those things, you can try them out yourself and see, oh, maybe this will work for me too. And it just opens more creative doors, I think. So I think it's so cool hearing everybody's processes.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think just this week I've you know I've reached out to a couple of guys that you know just to see if there's any uh, appetite to collaborate. So to start writing with other people for the first time in a long time, I think is uh, the next thing I want to try and do, just to get a bit more um, variation in the in the end product.
0: That's a really good point too. I completely agree that collaboration, whether it be in the writing or in the recording. Performing, whatever. Whenever you get the opportunity to bring other people in on something creative, the coolest thing is that if you were writing a song, so you had an idea for a song, if you would write that song by yourself and if you would write that song with somebody else, it's going to be completely different because you're basically bringing your own lives, perspectives, experiences, and own personal lens for that song into it. And it becomes a mix of everybody and their opinions and who they are as people. And I think collaboration is so beautiful because you basically start with absolutely nothing and then two or more people together create something amazing. So I love collaboration.
1: Yeah, and I I think also everyone's got kind of a half-written song, which just can't seem to finish. And you know, sometimes you you can you, you know, can you think of anything that might go with this? And all of a sudden, they'll strike a melody up, and then you think, ah, yeah, and then we can do that, and then it just builds from there. So I love that. You know, that's uh, that's super. And you know, it's just not that I've never wanted to write with people because I have done in the past. It's just always been a case with bands that you kind of someone will bring a song to the band, and then someone else will bring a song to the band. A very, very very often you just go with that um, and uh, you know, you just get on with it. Um, Whereas I think what I want to do more and more now is to really sort of bounce ideas off a little bit sort of Lennon McCartney style and, and get back into those old ways of doing things.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I love it. So this has been a fantastic conversation before we go though, can you share any advice for any songwriters listening who may be struggling to chase their dreams
1: well i'd always say never give up um you know i've been doing this for uh oh 40 years uh just over so you know um it's never too late there's always something out there if it's your passion you're going to enjoy it anyway just enjoy it keep doing it keep doing what you believe in and uh you know, somewhere out there, someone will enjoy what you're doing too.
0: Fabulous. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining me. Where can everybody find you online and listen to your music?
1: Great. Thanks very much for having me on. So if you head over to uh, um and you'll also find me on Linktree. Uh, all of the usuals, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, it's, uh, it's all on there. There's some great... Um, little tips and tricks that we've been putting together on Instagram, little reels of uh, recording processes and some uh, some of the techniques that we've been using in there. So, you know, head over there and have a look. Um, and you'll see, see some old clips as well from some old studios. So uh, all about what we've been talking about today. So, you know, that'd be great. Great to see you on there and great to get some feedback.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much again for joining me. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jason. And of course, until next time, stay Stay right on track. track.